Okay. Oder ich mach's mal so. Gut, dann. Ich mache mal einen Klatscher. <lacht> ich bin gerade voll nicht so drinnen. <lacht> nee. Komm, ich mach's dann. Okay. Understanding Train Station, Living Between Cultures with Josh and Faley. Machst well, du aus den Anfang? Ja. <lacht> Kann ich gerne machen. Okay, nochmal. Did you get that? I'm so also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding Train Station, Living Between Cultures with Josh and Faley. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Understanding Train Station. My name's Josh and... Faley's here as well. <laughs> My name is Faley. We're professional as ever. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, I was trying to figure out the best way to say it because we're in person still. Quote Again. Unquote. Again <laughs> yeah, and still. And still, because we haven't recorded a remote episode in between. So exactly. The last episode was recorded in Cincinnati when you visited home, and mm -hmm. now I'm visiting home for Easter. So here we are again. <laughs> we actually did it. Correct. I feel like we did a good job this time of pre-recording when I was in Cincinnati, and hopefully we can do a little bit here as well because yeah. we like these in-person episodes. Yeah, so. it's just so much easier, so much nicer. But so yeah, I feel like it's it's cool to be here with you now because I haven't really seen you since you've been back in Munich because yeah. I was out of town for a bit and you arrived. Yeah, I just so, came here like a few days ago. And I just arrived here like 20 minutes ago, so we haven't really had much time to talk. Yeah. So how were your travels? Um, a little annoying this time. Usually yeah. my flights are pretty smooth. I think I've been pretty lucky um, throughout my entire like time of traveling. And I've, I've traveled a lot in my life and especially between the US and Germany. Um, this time it was just kind of annoying. I had one of those flights where um, we couldn't take off. Like we were already on the field about to take off and then there was bad weather and then the permit was revoked and then we had to park like out on the field. Oh, no. So we were just sitting there for two hours and they like everyone was allowed to get up again, like use the bathrooms and they turned off the plane basically to save fuel. And then, yeah, everyone basically missed their um, connecting flight What because of that. So then I had to wait another... This was your flight leaving Cincinnati? No, this was my flight leaving um, New York, but I had a two-stop, like two-layover ah, flight okay. this time, which I don't usually do, but I, I did it this time because it was the flight back from my flight on Christmas. It's kind of complicated because <laughs> yeah. my round trips still always start in Munich. And on Christmas, because Ben, like my boyfriend, came with me to Munich like last minute, mm -hmm. we didn't have a lot of options uh, regarding the flight. So we had to book a two layover ah, flight. And this was my flight back. So then I it was Cincinnati, Newark, Newark, Copenhagen. And then I was in Copenhagen for another four hours, like in the morning. Everyone <sighs> was like fresh. It was uh, Good Friday too. So like, it was a holiday. Yeah. A lot of families, super like loud. Every I, I tried to like get some peace and quiet in one of the gates that weren't mm -hmm. occupied. And every time I sat down at an empty gate, a family came there five oh, minutes no. later with like three kids that were like super loud and screaming. Oh. And I was just like really tired because I didn't get a lot of sleep on the long flight either. So then I just sat there at the gate in Copenhagen for another four hours and I kept like passing out, like sitting up because I just, I couldn't. That's miserable. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely miserable too, because like, as we've said before, the goal is to stay awake as long as possible. Yeah. I hadn't really slept a whole lot the night before mm -hmm. I left mm -hmm. either because I was trying to get so much done before I came home yeah. so that I wouldn't bring as much work to my trip here. Um, so I had only slept for two hours anyway. And then I was trying to sleep on the flights, which is usually easy for me. But because everything was delayed and then they like didn't give us a whole lot of time to sleep. Yeah. They really like they served dinner super late. 
And then there, it was only like three hours of sleep time until they uh, woke us up again with mm -hmm. those stupid lights and then they served <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> so oh, that was my travel journey this time. But you know what? Like I've been lucky almost all the other times. So I think it was just, you know, it was fair that this happened to me this time. But yeah, I arrived to Munich still and my bag was there. Which I was very happy hey, that's, with. That, that's a positive, yeah. you know? <laughs> and hopefully now when you go back to the U.S., you'll be able to reap the benefits of the fewer COVID restrictions, meaning more flights, um, which are only with only one layover. Yeah, I, my flight back is with only one layover now. Perfect. And I also read that, I think it was yesterday, that they revoked the mask mandates mm -hmm. on planes, which I honestly don't know if I love that. I guess it's going to be a little bit more relaxing on the long flights, but I think yeah. I'm still going to wear a mask, I think, yeah. for most of the time at least. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that makes sense as far as everyone's able to do what they want. You know, yeah. if you feel comfortable with a mask, then wear a mask. Yeah. Um, But I do agree with it being more comfortable because the issue on the long flights, for me at least, is with the FFP2 masks mm -hmm. especially, they pull on your ears so mm -hmm. much if you leave them on for too long. Mm -hmm. So I got one of those like things to hold them, keep Behind them off of your ears. Yeah, 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 it's like a connector for yeah. the two ear loops. Mine, like for some reason, like I think I just got a set of masks that are very comfortable for me. So like I, I really don't mind it too much. Honestly, like ever since the masking has been a, th a thing on planes, I feel like I almost feel better on the plane because in the mm. past I would always get like super dry lips, like a, yeah. a dry yeah. throat, like from the AC and stuff like that. And I feel like ever since I wear the mask, mm -hmm. that doesn't really happen anymore. So I almost like appreciate that because usually after a long flight, I would have a sore throat. Yeah. And now I don't anymore. So yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. That's yeah. Interesting. And then now here you're in Germany, people aren't wearing masks or I mean, some yeah. people are wearing masks, but, not, but there's not, you're not required to wear yeah. a mask as strongly as a as it has been in the past when you were here. So. Yeah, which is very different yeah. to, uh, to Christmas, which was the last time I was here where like you had to show your proof of vaccination mm -hmm. or like proof of recovery on your phone. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I was... Well, actually, it hasn't been that long, mm -hmm. but a lot has changed since yeah. I've been here last. Um, but yeah, you had to always have your like phone ready with your COVID mm -hmm. proofs to enter everything, basically, like restaurants, stores, yeah. except for grocery stores. Everyone was wearing masks, obviously, and now it's just back to normal life, which I mean, I have to admit is nice. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely nice. I'm intrigued to see what happens when the weather uh, gets worse again yeah. and the cold comes. Because I, yeah. I think you said, I'm trying to think, last summer, yeah, I mean, it kind of has come, to, come in waves yeah. as far as the restrictions are concerned. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but... You're here now, and that's the I, most important thing. I am. I'm happy to be here because it was kind of a last-minute thing. I didn't really know if it was going to work out. And I hadn't been here for Easter since 2018, so it was wow. nice. But then I also realized that I didn't really miss that many like Easter celebrations mm -hmm. because my family basically skipped it for two years anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I really only missed one Easter in 2019, but mm -hmm. it's nice to be here at this time of the year. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this year I missed Easter with my family, but that was okay because of some stuff going on that we didn't actually get to celebrate Easter together. Yeah. So then hopefully next year, maybe I'll go back yeah. uh, around Easter time. I don't know. We'll see. You, you went back for Easter last year, right? Exactly. Yeah, yep. Okay. So yeah. this this was my first Easter not with my family. How was it? Um, I mean, it was weird not being with my family. But on the other hand, 
amazing because I went with a friend to Croatia over the long weekend, which when I tell Germans that I went to Croatia for the weekend, they're like, what? Yeah. But I mean, for an American, it's like, oh, it's right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, according to Google Maps, it was only a six and a half hour drive on the way there. And then in reality. Yeah. I was going to say. And then on the way there, it was actually like seven and a half, which still isn't bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, on the way back, closer to nine, mm-hmm. I think. Um, there was really bad traffic getting so back. So how many nights did you guys stay? Sorry, Three nights. Okay. So we left Friday at like eight in the morning. I think it was eight or maybe at nine. I don't know. Yeah, but in the um, morning. <laughs> exactly, in the morning. And then we got there. We're able to have like a drink right on the water, nice. see the sunset, nice. which I know that you miss a lot when you're in the U.S. is being able to see sunsets, <laughs> yeah. which for me, this was actually the first time that I was able to watch the sunset on the water, I yeah. think. Have you never been to like a European beach before? No. That just, yeah, this was okay. the first time too. And I mean, where we were in Croatia, it's not necessarily, it's not like a sand beach. Where did you go? We were in Istria. Istria. So okay. um, in, in Rovin was the name of the town okay. that we were actually visiting. Yeah. Um, we also went down to Pula. Okay. Yeah. That um, rings a bell. Yeah. Which it I've was only been to Croatia so once, but like it's definitely a very popular vacation destination and it was so cool too when you're driving from germany especially you go through like slovenia and like the northern part of slovenia still kind of has more of like the german feel to it or german austrian feel of like lots of green Mm -hmm. but like evergreen look Mm -hmm. whereas you get to the south and then you cross into croatia and everything is drier and it, it was so cool yeah um, especially oh, for me. Actually, hold on. I've been to Croatia yeah. twice. Never mind. Take it Because <laughs> I also went to Dubrovnik on a cruise, uh, okay. which I guess only partly counts because it was only like one afternoon, but it was awesome. So keep yeah, going. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. But yeah, for me, especially as an American, passing through basically four countries to get there. We started in Germany, then you drive through Austria, then Slovenia, and yeah. then Croatia, all within theoretically six and a half hours mm-hmm. it's super weird compared to like driving six hours in the u.s like you might still be in the same state if it's a big state exactly <laughs> and what was really weird too is so um for those of you who don't know there's the eu and then there's the schengen area and not all eu countries are part of the schengen area the schengen area is essentially um mostly part of the eu and some non-eu member states um where you don't have to ever show your passport to cross borders theoretically um croatia is part of the eu but not part of the schengen area so technically you would have to show your passport or you have to show your passport when you cross from slovenia into croatia and vice Mm -hmm. versa the lack of care that they gave (laughs) i mean we just held up our passports they didn't look inside the window yeah to the window (laughs) and they just waved us through Uh, i don't remember how that was when we went to croatia because i was still a kid but yeah that's that's interesting i mean i wasn't that surprised by it because yeah. we're driving a german car too like on my car it has yeah m from munich They're and not it's a german car suspicious. exactly yeah. it's not it it makes sense somewhat why they would just pass you through but that would never happen mm-hmm. in the u.s yeah i, I mean, mean yeah u.s border control is really crazy. strict with everyone but i mean for those of you who have never like driven through the eu whenever you go from germany to austria for example there literally is no border there's usually really just like a sign that tells yeah. you you're now in Austria. Welcome. Kind of like when you cross state borders in the U.S. And sometimes you can see the old um, like border mm-hmm. station. Yeah, stations. Um, but usually it's, you really don't notice that you're crossing well, now with, country border. With um, COVID, mm-hmm. things have changed somewhat. Um, well, ex- ex- or maybe it depends on maybe in the depends. past it was like this. You can probably tell me because you've driven to Salzburg plenty. Yeah, but- and they didn't do anything there. So yeah, okay, it was the same as always this time around. I think like in early 
on in the pandemic, they definitely stopped people at the Austrian border from mm-hmm. coming in from Germany. Yeah. Did you have to stop at any borders this time? Um, no, didn't have to stop at any borders this time, but they definitely still had like a station set up at okay. the border between Germany and Austria. So was it more like a temporary station? I don't or? know if it was temporary okay. or not, um, but it was. they were just kind of picking people out that okay. quote unquote looked suspicious, I, I mean, assume. that may have been like customs more than that. like... Maybe no, it wasn't soy. Oh, okay. I don't think it was okay. soy. It was it was definitely like Bundespolizei okay. that were checking people. But I think you drive past and you see the line, the cars that are lined up to be checked, and it's mostly Eastern European okay. uh, cars. But yeah, it was a really really cool trip. Um, Rovin is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I got the recommendation from one of my coworkers mm-hmm. who's Croatian, um, and it was it was amazing. But there were so many Germans there. This was, time of the year? It was crazy. Probably for Easter. Because, yeah. like, people are also on Easter break. So, I, was it a lot of families? Mm-hmm. Because families would be, like, this would be a time for yeah. them to travel. There were so. a lot of Germans and Austrian mm-hmm. families. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it just was, it was so surprising. Like, German everywhere. And then on the weekend, there were more Italians because Italy is really close to yeah. there as well. Yeah. Um, and what was really, really weird was... Uh, we were getting spoken to in German. Mm-hmm. So like... Like right away? Yes. Like pe- we would walk past vendors and they would be speaking to us in German, mm-hmm. trying to get us to come in their shop in German. Did you wear Birkenstocks or no. something that gave you away? <laughs> no. I mean, it was me and a French person. So I don't understand. Like, So you didn't speak German with each other? No, we yeah. were speaking English the entire time <laughs> and people kept speaking to us in German. Maybe it was just their best guess that yeah. you're probably German. Well, and then... <laughs> I mean, we were speaking, he spoke to us in German, then he said, are you guys German in German? And we said, no. Yeah. And then he said, oh, but you guys understand, right? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> You're like, all, yeah. and he just continued in German. It was so weird. Yeah, but I guess it makes sense because they get so many German tourists yeah. or German and Austrian tourists um, that they just learn German in that area. And that's, then it also used to be part of Italy. So they all speak Italian as well. Yeah, that's the thing in a lot of like popular tourist destinations like in Italy too if you go to any kind of like popular beach town where a lot of Germans come every single year then like all the staff is going to speak German like I don't remember that on Italy vacations in our summer vacations back in the day when I was a child that we would speak a lot of English with people they would usually speak German with us same in Greece too Um, there's usually like I feel like different towns in the different countries where like a lot of French people go here. This is where a lot of German people go or like different resorts, even Mm -hmm. like within the same area. There's like one resort that's specifically targeted towards German people. They'll have like the German animations or what do you call that? Like the German programs at the Uh, resorts. uh We call that like animation and animateure in German, like the people that work at the um, resorts like that are like yeah the activity people the people that do the daycare the yeah. people that do the like sports programs all mm-hmm. those kinds of things so those then also usually have like German speaking yeah. staff and those kinds of things so I'm not very surprised by that but it's interesting that apparently that town in Croatia did it, did it too yeah it's just for me you always hear like English is the world language you only need I mean you need English when you're traveling yeah. we would have been much better off only with German than Mm -hmm. speaking to English or speaking English to people. So it was, it was unexpected for sure. I mean, they, the tourist business just, they know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And now I understand why people always say Germans are everywhere because they truly are everywhere. (laughs) But I mean, in Europe, they are everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. But also in other countries, like, especially I feel like Australia, which I think Lachlan said that too in the episode with him, Thailand, uh, the U.S. for sure a lot too, especially during certain months. 
Um, Certainly. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're sorry, <laughs> world. <laughs> Especially like for me and I think other tourists as well, German tourists, we don't usually like having all these German around us. Yeah. Germans around us. I think in a lot of cases, we're like, damn, we're like, we don't even want to talk to these other German tourists. <laughs> yeah, you want to experience something different. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened with me. I was actually there with Chloe. Yeah. Um, you guys know Chloe from um, our interview with her and Leticia. Um, but yeah, she was like, oh my gosh, there are Germans everywhere. Like, we came to Croatia to get away from the yeah. Germans. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's all good, though. Um, but yes, we had a great time. But that kind of brings us into the topic of this week's episode now yep. that we've talked for a while about just catching up um but with the long journey from germany to croatia and back we drove and that is the topic of this week generally is driving in europe germany whatever you may want and the u.s yeah. and what some of the differences are uh, what our experiences are with getting our license what are some of the driving rules that are different in each country? And yeah, we just wanted to talk about generally that topic together and tell you guys um, some important things to know and just kind of some of the facts and some of our fun experiences with driving in both countries. <laughs> fun experiences. Uh, yeah, I actually sat down and just wrote down a few like topics, categories that we might touch on throughout the episode, maybe not, but there's just, this is a very broad topic, so... We're trying not to go too long this time, so we might not be able to touch on every single thing. But overall, uh, we want to touch on, as you said, traffic rules, getting your driver's license, and then also we already talked about your experience with then like transferring your driver's yes. license to the oh, other we don't country. Have to go back into that. No, we don't. Um, speed limits, the legendary autobahn, or like the myth of the autobahn, um, things like car inspections, TÜV in Germany, maybe gas prices we can touch on uh, really quickly, and then things like driving in other countries that you mm -hmm. just did, and our opinions, experiences, pet peeves, things that we appreciate or don't appreciate about driving in each country. Mm -hmm. So let's maybe start with the traffic rules, like the thing that most people will have to know if they ever travel to the other country and plan on driving there, things that nobody really tells you except if you have to look them up yourself. Yeah. Because um, you are, at least as a German, technically allowed, if you travel to the US, you're allowed to drive in the US with your German driver's license and vice versa, at least for a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. um, but nobody's going to check if you know all the all the traffic rules. So there is a few differences here. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, first of all, I think the first tip before we get into the differences is look up the differences yeah. before you go to wherever you're wanting to visit. Yeah, we're um, going to try and give you the most important points, but please don't only rely on us because yeah. we're going to forget something. <laughs> and there's some really helpful websites out there that explain what yeah. different signs mean um, and what some of the general rules are that are different. But yeah. I, I, I remember in my experience, one of the most important things that I learned coming from the U.S. to driving in Germany is learning when you have right of way and mm -hmm. when you don't. Yeah. Um, in Germany, there in, in all of Europe, really, uh, there's a sign that is specifically uh, at intersections where it can be confusing as to who has the right of way to tell who has the right of way and who has to yield. Yep. In the U.S., we only really have yield signs. Yeah, which um, I, I always complain about that. I wish the U.S. had a right of way sign to tell yeah. the person that has the right of way that they have the right of way, <laughs> that they that they know what position they're in. Exactly. So the the yield sign is the same as in the U.S. It's yeah. it's a red background and a white uh, triangle 
Uh, the whole thing is a triangle, as you guys yeah. all are familiar In the familiar U.S., with. sometimes the yield sign actually says yield. I believe so, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Because there's a lot of words on traffic signs in the U.S., whereas in Europe, overall, we have much less words on our signs. It's usually really more mm-hmm. symbols that you're going to have to know. Which makes sense, too, because it's Europe-wide. Yeah, um, so which is it's helpful, but I think for some Americans, languages. it might be, like, unexpected. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, basically, you're not going to have to know German to understand the traffic signs, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have the yield sign. The yield sign, but then there's also the right-of-way sign, which is like a, a diamond, um, which has a white background, and then it's a yellow diamond on it. Um, and that means that you have the right-of-way. So if you see that, that means you don't have to stop and yield for people. Um, and vice versa, if you don't have that and you see the yield sign, make sure you yield. Because yeah. um, one thing that I've also noticed in Germany is the time that you have to get up to speed uh, and and like the 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 merging lanes are much much shorter yeah. here than just because there's less space than yeah. in the U.S. Um, so it's important that you definitely yield to those signs and and follow them. Yes, that's I think um, an overall driving difference. Like, this is not the category of traffic rules, but we're just gonna go over all over the place. Yeah. Is like just the. The driving, what do you call that? The driving culture, the driving, um, t- not tone, like attitude, I guess, yeah. on the streets that in Germany and most other European countries, people drive much more aggressively than in the US. And I think also countries like, for example, the UK, I think, um, especially in, you know, more Southern European countries too. I feel like it gets worse the more <laughs> south you go. But in Germany, people stick to the rules a lot. But at the mm-hmm. same time, they're very impatient and more aggressive, I yes. would say, than in the US. So, However, I think maybe in the US... We're, we just have to remember that we're talking about our experiences in the Midwest. Yeah. New York and, and the big cities in the U.S. are probably different. But in general, I would say. Overall, um, yeah. I would say like whenever I did road trips and we would approach the New York area, mm-hmm. it would get a lot more aggressive and a lot more like European very yeah. quickly in, the, in those areas. But really, like as soon as you leave those areas, it mm-hmm. goes back to like more relaxed driving yeah. at least that's that's my perception of it so yeah and then on top of that you have like shorter merging lanes and those kinds of things so you just really have to make sure that you look for little spaces in between cars mm-hmm. and then speed up real quickly to the to the yeah. speed limit you got to shoot the gap yep. and when in rome do as the romans do yeah. so and don't be surprised if people get impatient behind you if you don't <laughs> go when there's an opportunity because, yeah, I feel like German drivers are pretty impatient. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing it happens to me on a regular basis when I'm driving, which I don't do too much now. Um, but my car automatically turns off. Like mm-hmm. the engine will turn off at a stoplight. Yeah. And then in Germany, the stoplights actually count down to get mm-hmm. you ready to go. So they go to yellow before they go, they go back to so green. So in the U.S., it'll go green, yellow, red, and then straight down to green. Whereas in Germany, it goes also like it goes up. It goes also down. Yeah. So red, yellow, green. Um, which is supposed to give you time to get into first gear and right. get ready to go. But I have to c- step on my clutch first for the engine to turn back on. Then I have to get into first. Yeah. And sometimes it takes just a tiny, too, a little bit too long and yeah. the Germans start honking <laughs> at me. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm doing my best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely a difference as well. Yeah, that doesn't really happen a lot in Ohio. No, unless you're really sitting there for a while. Yeah, if like... I, I definitely do that also to people if I feel like they're literally not seeing that it's green. But even when that happens to me that I'm like 
let's say I'm like changing a song while the light is red or something, I feel guilty that I didn't see the first second yeah. that it turned green, but nobody even honks at me. And I'm like, oh, well, guys, just let me know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they definitely, definitely give you a little bit more time in the US, I feel like, in, yeah. in most parts of the US at least. For sure. And what are some other... Um differences maybe in like the attitude you mean or the experience driving experience yeah or we can yeah we can stick or we with can that. go back to well, rules I, also. I think talking about driving just in general um like you said there's a lot more i i feel a lot more pressure when i'm on yeah. german um highways especially yeah that you have to keep up with the speed and get out of the way if you are uh in the left lane and yeah. people are wanting to go faster than you whereas in the u.s Especially in Ohio, people don't care at all. Yeah. Um, you'll have lines and lines and lines of people in the left lane, and then people start passing on the right to get past the people who are moving too slow in the left lane, which is a big no-no um, in, in Europe. Yeah, I feel like let's get back to like the whole Autobahn thing a little yeah. bit later, because I feel like that is a good thing to actually explain to people from maybe like A to Z, kind of like mm -hmm. what you need to know about driving on the Autobahn, because yeah. it can be kind of intimidating and also dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back to traffic rules for a second. So we talked about the um, right of way mm -hmm. thing. So how is that in the US? Usually at intersections, you have stop signs. Um, and sometimes there's also yield signs, as you said, but then the other person is not going to have a right of way sign. So yield signs exist, but then stop signs are stop the Stop sign big is most common. Thing. They're everywhere. Like in Germany or Europe in general, stop signs exist and they look the same, but we don't use them a lot. Like mm -hmm. you hardly ever see a stop sign here. But in the US, this is how people usually like handle intersections. So at a lot of intersections, you will only have um, one street that will have a stop sign on both sides. Let's say it's like a regular intersection with like four ways, four, yeah. four uh, stops. Um, and then if the other street doesn't have any stop signs, that basically means they have the right of way and the other people are going to stop until they can go. But then there is this thing also where it's a four-way or a three-way. And sometimes like, it'll actually, what it's very common that yeah. it says that on the stop sign. What as well. So is, you have the stop yeah. sign and then it'll say two-way or stop sign mm -hmm. and then beneath it it says I hardly ever see two-way. I see it occasionally. In Cincinnati, I don't remember seeing that maybe further out in the suburbs maybe i'm sure they have it like handled better in the suburbs <laughs> <laughs> but three-way and four-way is definitely a common mm -hmm. thing to see which basically means three of these streets have a stop sign or four of them so all of them have mm -hmm. a stop sign which then means that everyone who gets to the intersection stops and ideally there aren't a lot of cars there but if you have the situation that a lot of cars get there at the same time. Um, you have to know as a foreigner that the way that they handle is, it is that the person that stopped at their stop sign first gets to go first. Mm -hmm. So you just have to pay attention like to the other cars that stop, like who was first, who was second, and then you go in that exact order. And then also at the same time, people are, I feel in general, good about kind of just helping each other through and communicating yeah. with each other. So if it's a little confusing and someone feels like they're hesitating, yeah. then someone will just either shoot the gap or someone will wave you through, say, yeah. just go ahead and then they'll go. Yeah. Um, so and there's a lot more interaction with the other drivers when yeah. it comes to those type of situations where everyone stops at the same time. That's true. And um, one more thing that I think is important to remember because we don't have a lot of stop signs here is that a stop sign really means that you have to stop completely. Mm -hmm. Because in Germany, at a lot of intersections, we have the right before left rule um, that isn't indicated by signs. It's just something that in basically whenever you have an intersection and there's no signs, 
it's automatically right before left, mm -hmm. meaning that the person coming from the right has right of way. But you don't necessarily have to stop at the intersection. You just have you're supposed to slow down and look out if there's yeah. anyone coming in, on the other streets. So I want to step back though, yeah, and talk about right before left because that was something yeah. that actually took me a, a okay. while to understand. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And maybe it's just because I'm dumb. No, to me as a German, it's like, yeah, it's, it makes sense. But no, yeah, but you're just right. From it's, the American yeah, perspective yeah. of not having to deal with that, there, it, like you said, oftentimes there's the case or the situation where you'll come across an intersection and there's no signage at all. Yeah. Um, so if I'm driving from my perspective, I have to check if someone is coming from my right, from the street to my right. And if they are coming and wanting to cross my lane or get into my lane, then I have to yield to them and allow them to go into exactly. traffic before me. Yeah. I mean, you should ideally yield into all directions mm -hmm. in case the other, like in case you are the one coming from the right, mm -hmm. but the other person doesn't see you. So you're technically always supposed to look everywhere. Exactly. But especially if someone's coming from your right, then they have the right of way and you have to let them go. Yeah. So like you were saying, when you yeah. come up to an intersection, everyone just kind of slows down a yeah, little. Yeah, maybe just step to look. off the gas pedal, yeah. kind of. Like you Try to look around the corner, see yeah. if someone's coming. And if not, then you can just continue. Yeah. But you don't have to come to a full stop like you do in the U.S. And what will happen in the U.S. is if you don't come to a full stop, most people in the U.S. don't come to a full yeah, stop. Yeah, I don't usually um, fully because I find it annoying. But, however... Yeah. <laughs> In the U.S., and I, we may get to this later on, there aren't cameras normally that are checking um, intersections or your speed, but rather there are police officers who mm -hmm. will hide around the corner and watch areas that infractions tend to take place. And if they catch you doing a rolling stop, meaning not coming to a full stop, um, then you can get a ticket for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that is something to remember that stop sign really means to fully stop. And it can get annoying whenever it's in a neighborhood, for example, a residential neighborhood, mm -hmm. and there really isn't any traffic, but every single street that you're crossing <laughs> has horrible. a stop sign. So you're constantly like speeding up, fully stopping, mm -hmm. speeding up, fully stopping. <laughs> so as a German, it can get like go really on your nerves. Especially like you said, <laughs> when it's ridiculous and it's obvious no cars are coming. Yeah. You think, first of all, that it could have saved the materials on all of these stop signs. Yeah. And then secondly, this is just pointless because yeah. no one is coming. At the same time, I feel like it is safe in a way, especially in a residential area, because it just keeps the cars slow. That's like they true. have to stop all the time. So like there is no way for them to really get fast. So I kind of see that point. But in a lot of cases, it would the right before left thing that we have here in Germany, rechts vor links, as we call it in German, would make sense in a lot of cases in the US as well. But of course, you have to then imply that as a general rule and people have to learn it yeah. so you know that it's just different in the u.s and it's something you're gonna have to know and whenever you're not sure who's going first the person who came to the intersection first can go first or you just figure it stay out in touch with yourself yeah. exactly but I, I do remember as a kid like my brother had a friend who lived in a neighborhood and this was a sp special neighborhood only for this reason was they didn't have stop signs they had yield signs Okay. I, I used to think it was so cool because... So then, but then, um, what if it's a four? Well, they may have had a stop sign in certain situations, okay. but the majority of the intersections were just with yield signs. Okay. So it was so quick to get through the neighborhood because you weren't constantly stopping yeah, and going nice. and stopping and going. But I've only seen that literally in one neighborhood in the U.S. Yeah, I've never seen that. <laughs> Interesting. Um... Okay, what else is different? I've, I hope that we covered this whole topic of right before left and stop signs. The right before left thing is also like mainly a residential neighborhood yeah. thing in Germany because on bigger streets, you'll usually have uh, street signs anyways. Um, another big thing is definitely turn right on red mm, in mm -hmm. the US. 
So in the US, generally, you are allowed to make a right turn on a red traffic light. So when the ampel is rot you're, and you're trying to turn right, you're still allowed to do that. All you have to do is stop first, right? You have to come to mm -hmm. a full stop also. Yes. And then you obviously have to yield to the left if traffic is coming. But then if it's clear, then you're good to go. Yeah, technically you're yeah. supposed to stop at the stop line. Normally mm -hmm. there's a line painted on the road where and then you're you supposed to stop. Then you're allowed to scoot forward so yeah. you can see if someone's coming from the left. And if no one is coming from the left, then you're allowed just to continue on. Yeah. Not across traffic. It's only if you're turning right, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can sneak forward to see if someone's coming from the left and then you can yeah. pull into the next lane. So if you travel to the U.S. as a foreigner and you are on the right lane and you're not turn and you have your turn signal on but you're not turning don't be surprised if someone does honk at you yeah. because they're like why aren't you going but then it's not always allowed if it's not allowed it'll be there will be a sign at the traffic light that will have words <laughs> on it because honestly a lot of tra uh, traffic not always. signs not always but a lot of traffic but signs more... in the U.S. have a lot of words on oh them. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah like text like not just a symbol mm -hmm. um and for Whenever it's not allowed to turn right on red, it'll usually say no, no turn, turn on, on red. red. Yeah. Yeah. Normally it says no turn on red and occasionally it will have an arrow to the right with a big red circle and yeah. a line through it. Yeah. And then it says no turn. Yeah, that's true. That's easy to understand, I think. <laughs> what can be also confusing, though, is it, sometimes there are two lanes that turn right. Mm -hmm. Um and then there'll normally be a sign that mm -hmm. only the curb lane is allowed to turn right on red yeah. as opposed to both lanes being able to turn right on red. Yeah. So generally, you have to be in the furthest most right lane to be allowed to turn right on red. Yeah. Um, and it's normally explained in words on the sign. This is a big thing that like whenever you go like I, I know if mm -hmm. you and I go back from the U.S. to Germany. Yeah. It's annoying that you can't do that here oh, because yeah. it makes so much sense and it makes traffic flow so much easier. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of understand that like. In Germany and in Europe in general, a lot of streets are a lot more busy than a lot of the streets in the U.S. because it's just more dense. But even in the city, it would make sense in a lot of cases yeah. and it would make traffic a lot easier. But, you know, it might also be a um, a risk factor for people to cause accidents. So. Yeah, but you have to be careful in the U.S. too with yeah. uh, when you're in big cities. Yeah. Um, like I know Chicago, for example. And most places you're not allowed to turn right on red right. when you're in the city. And they do have cameras that will catch people turning right on red. Mm -hmm. And they'll take a picture of you and you mm -hmm. get a fine. Yeah. So it's it's tricky and it's very, very um, unterschiedlich. It's very it varies a lot. It, it varies a lot. It's very varied um, <laughs> depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. But generally these are the main rules that you have to yeah. know. And then if it's a one way, you're allowed uh, I was to gonna, do it. I was going to say this. Yeah. Is, I didn't know if we wanted to go this far into detail, <laughs> no, but I, I, specific, it real I specifically remember when I was uh, visiting you yeah. back uh, this last time when I was in Cincinnati, yeah. we were on a one way, you were driving. Yeah. And, and I always forget that because it's so not natural to me. And if you're on a one way and you're crossing a lane or an, if you're crossing another one way, so you, you're allowed to turn left on red, basically. So if you're, it, it's so hard to describe without yeah. like diagrams. Yeah. I mean, maybe just like if you deal with turning left on one ways and you're wondering why someone's honk honking behind you, just keep in mind that like there's certain situations where you're also allowed to turn left on red, but look it up before you do exactly. it because <laughs> we don't want to give you <laughs> false advice. One other thing that I think is important related to the right on red topic is here in Germany, they have a separate little 
light sometimes with a green arrow to the right. So you're only allowed to turn right on red when the little green arrow is on. So the main um, traffic light might be red, but if there's the little green arrow on the right, then you're allowed to continue turning right. Yeah. Which is self-explanatory, but... I think so, yeah. It's, it's self-explanatory when that happens, so don't let it confuse you. Usually yeah. the normal light is going to be your light, but then in some situations they will let you turn right indicated by a traffic light specifically for you. And then there's also a very few cases where they have a permanent sign on the traffic light mm -hmm. that is a green arrow that is not a light, ah, but actually okay. a sign. I haven't seen that. If that is there, then you have to do the same thing as in the US. You have to stop, fully stop at the red light and then yield. And then if you can go, mm -hmm. you're allowed to go. But that really doesn't exist a whole lot anymore. We used to have one here in the neighborhood, but uh, I, I okay. think they took it off. One, I'm just thinking of this now too. <laughs> this is going to be such a long episode. <laughs> but one thing that's important, especially if you're coming from someplace like Cincinnati, is we don't have many people on bikes. So oh, yes. turning right on red isn't an issue because you're not really having to deal with people, bikers or cyclists passing you on your right. Um, but normally here in Germany, oftentimes there's a bike lane to your right on the right side of the road. Yeah, either on the road or, or it's part of the sidewalk, basically. Exactly. So make sure that you look out for that as so well. So whenever you're turning right, you always have to make sure that no bike is coming because they have the right of way. So basically in like driver's education in Germany, this is part of what you learn. Whenever you turn right, you look behind your shoulder. Mm -hmm. what, what, is there a word? Is there a yeah. specific word for the Schulterblick? Oh, no, I, I don't know Schulterblick. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you have to actually not just use your mirrors, but actually mm -hmm. look back um, and make sure that there's no cyclists coming. And then if you're good to go, you're good to go. But like that is part of making a right turn. Especially because, I mean, I think cyclists generally try to be aware of traffic, but... People are used to, they have the right of way when yeah. they're crossing there. So they expect yeah. the cars to stop. Exactly. So if you're from the U.S., especially from a part of the U.S. where there aren't a lot of cyclists, make sure you're constantly checking yeah. uh, when you're turning. So that way you don't run over someone because that would yeah, be that's, horrible. That's dangerous, especially if, when people aren't used to that. Um, and of course, just in general, there's cyclists everywhere in German cities, especially in the summertime. So yeah. you're going to have to look out for them kind of kind of everywhere. Mm -hmm. And also, side note, if you're just walking, make sure that you stay on the sidewalk and not the bike part of the sidewalk, because it's usually kind of like one thing, but you'll see the difference. Like the bike lane will look a little bit different and usually it's a little bit more smooth yeah. than the sidewalk. But a lot of tourists don't know that. And then they're standing in the bike lane and a German cyclist comes from behind and yells at them. Yeah. I was so. going to say, if you're doing it wrong, the Germans will let you know. They will let you know. <laughs> but just making sure that you don't make that horrible yes. experience of being yelled at by a German. <laughs> okay. So maybe let's move on to speed limits real yes. quick. So um, if you're driving in Germany, there is a couple general rules. We have, obviously, we have our speeds in kilometers per hour instead of miles per hour. Um, so all the numbers are kilometers per hour. We have things that are called 30 zones, which means that if you pass a sign that says like 30 zone, then until you see another sign that uh, lifts that, it's going to be the speed limit is going to be mm -hmm. 30 in this entire area. It's usually in neighborhoods. Um, and in cities in general, the speed limit is 50, even if you don't see a so a speed limit sign on country roads the speed limit is 100 yes. even if you don't see a sign and on the autobahn when there's no speed limit there is a recommended speed which you don't have to stick to but the recommended speed is 130 but if yes. there's no speed limit 
you're not going to get in trouble if you go faster. So maybe just yeah. from the American perspective, <laughs> those were that was a quick overview of the yeah. rules, and the, this was my experience. <laughs> it's very important to know this. When you're traveling between cities, especially on country roads, like you said, 100 is the speed limit on the country roads mm-hmm. between villages. Mm-hmm. But when you cross into the village, there's a, a yellow, yellow sign, sign yeah. which says the name of the village. Yeah, and as soon as you and see as that. And as soon as you see this sign, you need to make sure that you're going 50 yeah. or at least at least or at most 50, if not slower, yeah. because it's oftentimes the case that there'll be a little camera waiting to take a picture of you yeah. called a blitzer. Um, like a radar. Trap. Yeah, it's a what radar. Do you call that? Yeah, a radar. speed trap. Of, yeah, uh, speed trap, yeah. Um, so that's very important to know. As soon as you see the little the the yellow sign of the city name, slow down. Yeah. Because um, the fines are higher in cities than they are outside of cities. And then you know when you can speed up again to the 100 is when you see another yellow sign with the city name, but then there's a red line through it, yeah. like diagonally. And not necessarily always a city name. It's often just a super small village that yeah. you're crossing through. Yeah, so like village town, name. yeah, whatever name, yeah. <laughs> but at the beginning of every little yeah. village or every town, there's going to be a sign that exactly. says the name of the the municipality. Yeah, that is the important thing to know, especially if you go on country roads, which you might if you're traveling to certain tourist destinations that aren't like big cities and you might have to go on the country roads, which of course, be careful on those. And if there is a local behind you that knows the road like the back of their hand, just don't let them stress you <laughs> yeah they'll probably pass you anyway so yeah. um like, i feel like country roads can be kind of stressful in germany they can be yeah. especially like you said because the locals they know they know where people would like to set up where the police set up the blitzer so 100 is the speed limit but I, it's, i've been with many germans who drive 120 yeah but also sometimes people. there is an, a, a different speed limit yeah. that is indicated by a sign and sometimes it goes higher anyways yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that was important that you were just mentioning, and I don't want to get too far into it because you wanted to talk about the autobahn, yeah. but when you said, you said when there isn't a speed limit, then it's 130 is the recommended, recommended is yeah. the recommended speed limit. It's you called can, a Richtgeschwindigkeit. Exactly. It's like the guidelines. Yeah. Um, but you know, when there's not a speed limit, when you see a white circle, like you'll, when you're in Germany, you'll get used to seeing this. We'll, the put, speed it, limit we'll signs. put it on the YouTube video, yeah. but if you're listening, we're trying to describe it but to you. But normally the speed limit signs are circles with a red line on the outside mm-hmm. and then a number in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the no speed limit yeah. in Germany, you'll see a, the white circle that you're used to seeing from um, other signs, mm-hmm. but it'll have like grayed out, um, Sometimes, how do you explain this? It's so hard to explain <laughs> it's in words. A, it's a white background with like, uh, I think, a, it's like two stripes. Striped, yeah, striped circle and crossed out. Yes. You'll you'll recognize probably. And you'll also, if you're on the Autobahn, you'll notice that this sign was just there whenever the, all the cars next to you are Sorry. suddenly speeding up <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> exactly. So that means that now there is no speed limit on the Autobahn. Exactly. Yeah. Other than that, um, in the US, the speed limit signs look a little bit different, but... Is, are there, like, I don't even know this, are there um, general speed limit rules in the U.S. like there are in Germany? No. So there's always a sign. There's always right? a okay. sign to let you know what the speed limit okay. is in the U.S. So for those of you who haven't been to the U.S., those signs are just white and black. Yeah, it's like a rectangle, <laughs> um, and it says speed yeah. limit on it, and then it says the number yeah. under where it says so speed it'll, limit. it'll tell you it's the speed limit. Sometimes there'll be recommended speed limits, okay. um, which are on yellow signs. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a speed limit sign, but it's yellow. I don't even know if I remember that. Um, but it's... it's Normally, like if you're coming around a curve or in an area where it's really windy, um, it'll give you a recommended speed oh, limit. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, okay. Totally Norm- know what you mean. I just couldn't yeah. picture it for a second, yeah. But like the most normal speed limits, I would say, are 
like in residential areas, it's normally 25 miles per Mm -hmm. hour. Then if you're like on some faster streets, it's either 35 or 45. Yeah. Um, On the highway, for the most part, or the interstate, it's normally 65. But if you get into bigger cities, sometimes they'll bump it down to 55. 55, But it can also go higher in some areas too to like, I don't know what the highest is, like 85? I think... Yeah, 85 or, or 80. Or 80, yeah. I don't, I've never been to an area where it's 80 or 85. Um, really? I don't think I, so. I definitely have. Um, I think like out west, it's more mm-hmm. common when it's really, really long expanses. Um, but normally it's between 65 and 75. Yeah, yeah. Like when it goes to 75, it's usually, oh, and finally we can go fast. <laughs> and people don't follow the speed limits as much in the US. Yeah, so that's, I think, another general difference that you already hinted at is that in Germany, you don't really have to worry about cop cars waiting on the side of the road and pulling you over that does happen sometimes i'm not saying like don't watch out for cop cars like obviously stick to the rules always um because sometimes that happens but usually to um catch people who are speeding we have the radar traps that we talked about the blitzer whereas in the u.s those hardly exist Mm -hmm. Uh, that's definitely not the standard usually you'll have a cop car sitting in the middle of the interstate what do you call that the, the middle part the is there uh, a name okay. median yeah the median. the median or on the side of the of the street and then whenever they see someone who's speeding and the their little device tells them that you were speeding they're gonna come out of their hiding spot and they're gonna <laughs> follow you and they're gonna turn on their um siren and you're gonna have to pull over and then pay your speeding or get your speeding ticket by the actual person so it's a whole different experience yeah. it can be kind of intimidating i've never been pulled over i was over, gonna say I've, I've never been pulled over either i've been in the passenger seat a few uh, times. okay i was gonna say maybe we should just at this point hint on proper behavior when you do get pulled over yeah. um just because i mean i think most people know from media there have been incidences that have happened yeah. of um really unfortunate things that will happen when people do get pulled over but the best way to handle it is stay in your car turn off the engine and just keep your hands on the wheel um while the police officer will come up to your window either left or right and then roll down your windows so they can see what's in the car um and just follow the officer's instructions is the best way to handle it they'll usually ask you for your driver's license insurance um registration those kinds of things and then usually they go back with those things to their car and then in the cop cars in the u.s they have these computers i don't even know if we have that in germany but they have their like computers where they can look up your records and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and then you know if you really did something wrong they're gonna give you a ticket and speeding tickets um and i think other um traffic tickets are a lot higher in the u.s than they Mm. are in germany i know in germany they recently raised the prices as well but i think it's still cheaper than yeah significantly i to be honest i've never i've never gotten a ticket (laughs) but Um, i know like when people that's not true i actually got in a crash so i don't know what i'm saying (laughs) wait in the u.s yeah Wait, when? We'll get it. We'll get into this um, when we talk about getting your driver's okay, license. Okay. But um, it's usually it's like common that it's between 100 or 200 bucks or even yeah. higher. Right. Like yeah. it's a big amount of money. Whereas in Germany, it used to be things like 15 euros, 30 euros. <sighs> I don't know what it is now because I know they raised yeah. it, but it's definitely not that crazy. Yeah. I will say. Um, and usually it ha- the way it happens is that you're, you might see the blitzer, the radar trap mm-hmm. kind of like flashing or you might not even notice it. And then a few weeks later, you'll get a letter in your mail a with nice a picture, picture of you, of you <laughs> and just the the order to to pay your yeah. a fee. Do your exactly. fine. But yeah, I mean, follow the rules and you won't have many issues normally. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, it's it's always interesting when you're on the roads, you know. Yeah. I was I was wondering. I've seen it in Germany where you'll pass, and normally it's like a police van mm-hmm. that's set up on the side of the mm-hmm. road, and there are like a couple police officers standing there with a little uh, paddle, if you will, that with has a like pa- a, oh yeah 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 with, like Verkehrskontrolle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they randomly just pull people out? Or? Sometimes, yeah. So there is actually different situations where there will be a cop in Germany. So sometimes they'll just do like regular Verkehrskontrollen, like traffic checks, where basically it's not even about speed. It's mm-hmm. just Sometimes they do it on the weekends. They check people for alcohol. They Mm -hmm. check people for drugs. Or maybe there has been an incident in the area and they're actually checking people because they're looking for one specific person. Uh, Okay, yeah. So it's just like a checkpoint. So that sometimes happens. But then there's also Blitzer um, with Sofortkasse, meaning that it's kind of similar to the U.S. then where like the cop that set up the radar trap actually pulls you out right after and you have to pay right away. Um, I've never experienced that, but I do know that that happens and that there is a term for that mm-hmm. but that's not very common in general i feel like getting in a like traffic check in germany is not that common because i've lived here my whole life and i've only ever been in one yeah so i've seen them set up but mm-hmm. i've never been pulled out before yeah and i think and this is probably horrible that i'm saying this but you, there are certain items that you're supposed to have in your car mm-hmm. That I assume they check for sometimes. I think so. Like a, and I, I think do not want to give vests. you the whole yeah, I don't want to give you the whole list because I'm yeah. not quite sure how many vests a set are you you're supposed to have, but you're definitely supposed to have the the vests, you're supposed to have the triangle. Yeah, like the su- cones to set up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's called the Wandreieck in yeah, German. Uh-huh. Then you're supposed to have a first aid kit, those kinds of things. Yeah. So But if you have a rental car then it should be fine. You should be okay. <laughs> okay, I feel like we're freaking people out more than we're helping them. All right, let's move on. Speed limits, I think we covered that pretty much. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about Autobahn next or getting your driver's license? Getting your driver's license, since I've already hinted at the fact that I got a... Uh, yeah, I want to hear that story. <laughs> so maybe I can talk about my experience with getting a driver's license in the U.S., um, at least in Ohio, because it's a state thing. That's in the, the first US. difference. Yes. Yeah. Um, that you have state driver's license. There isn't a United States driver's license. You can have an Ohio driver's license. You can have an Indiana driver's license. You can have a Californian driver's license. They're all different. Um, and depending on the state, there are different requirements that have to be yeah. met to get your driver's license. I have an Ohio driver's license, so I'm speaking from an Ohio yeah. perspective. But you're still allowed to drive in the whole country. <laughs> exactly. They're valid everywhere. Yeah. So when you move, you have to get a new driver's license for whatever state you're living in. Um, But they transfer without any problems. In Ohio, you can get your learner's permit when you are 15 and a half. So your learner's permit permits you to drive a vehicle or be in the driver's seat while you have um, a parent in the car with you or someone who is, I believe, 25 or older. Um, that is allowed to guide you through the driving process, basically. I have a first question because I I know most of these things, but does the person have to be like registered or can it be anyone? The person has, they they don't have to be registered, but they have to be a valid driver's license. They have to have a valid driver's license. So it's not like on your uh, learner's permit, there's going to be names listed of, okay. Because that's, I think, how it's still handled in in Germany, Uh, I think. Um, But okay, go on. Um, to get your uh, your learner's permit, and we just call it your, what do we call it? Your temps. We mm-hmm. call it your temps. I got my temps. That was like a big thing <laughs> when you turn 15 and a half is you can yeah. go and get your temps. And you just have to go to the DMV or BMV and take a theoretical test. And if you pass, then you get your learner's permit or your temps, temporary driver's license. Mm-hmm. When you have your temps, then you can start going to a driving school. 
Um, and you have to go to a driving school if you get your driver's license when you're younger than 18. So most people, when they turn 16, is when you're allowed to officially get your driver's license. So in that time between being 15 and a half and 16, you drive with your parents and you go to a driving school where you get a lot more theory and you get practical experience with a driving instructor. Uh, your parents or whoever your guardian is or whoever's been doing your guided driving has to fill out an affidavit, so attesting or swearing to the fact that you have driven 50 hours with them, and I think it's 10 of those hours have to be at night. Mm -hmm. um, but it's there's no true check of that. It's just your parents or Sorry. someone signing off on yeah. it for you. And then you also have to get your certificate from your driver's school that you then take to take your true test. And in the U.S., people choose where to get their or take their test mm -hmm. because different locations are easier than others. Okay. So since I grew up in suburbia, kind of on the border between like the city where it's more difficult and outside in the country where it's very easy, I went to one of the BMVs out in the country, um, which the driving test was so easy. I got a hundred percent. Um, but essentially I just had to drive around with an instructor for a bit. Um, and then you also have to do like a cone test. Okay. Do you guys have to do that in Germany? Um, I can't speak for everyone, but I don't remember anyone saying that. I think okay. also I got my driver's license in the city in Munich. So I don't think that's necessary at all because driving in Munich is hard enough. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. The cones are just to help you make sure you know how to parallel park. Okay, we do parallel park in an actual mm -hmm. spot usually. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like they actually let you like possibly hit a car if you do it wrong. <laughs> oh my or at gosh. least that's how it was for me. And I think most yeah. of my friends, we actually had to parallel park in an actual spot. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll see throughout like, uh, so especially in suburbia, I don't know if I've seen it much in the cities, but like in areas where there are big parking lots, people will set up cones and practice. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and then you get your driver's license at 16. And then normally... You have to make it, I think, a year without any uh, infractions. So mm -hmm. no speeding tickets, no accidents, anything. Um, otherwise, you get your license taken away from you. Okay. Fully? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Interesting. If it happens in that first year. Then mm -hmm. I think until you're 18, you're still kind of in a probationary period. Mm -hmm. And I think I was 17 and a half when I got in my accident. Okay. Um, Spill the tea. <laughs> I mean, there, there really isn't that much to say. I, it was stop and go traffic on the highway. Mm -hmm. Um, because it was like just a traffic jam or whatever. And there was an accident on the side of the road in the shoulder where someone had rear-ended another person. And of course, in the moment while I was looking over at the accident, which they always tell you not to do, ignore the accident, keep focused on the road. Yeah. Of course, we call it rubbernecking, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, and I looked over and saw that they were in an accident. And in the moment while I was looking, traffic in front of me stopped. I slammed on my brakes and my the front of my car like went under Ooh. the the car in front of me. So mm -hmm. my car was destroyed. It wasn't an expensive car anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so it was totaled, and then the car in front of me just had some bumper damage. But okay. shit, um, that go that went fast, and then that was totaled. Yeah, I mean it was a cheap car, mm -hmm. um, and I I think it hit the frame too. Mm -hmm. So it was yeah. Damn. Uh, I think we call that gaffen. I don't think we have like a specific ah, word for okay. that, but like usually it's referred to like when people look at accidents, it's like gaffa, like that those mm -hmm. are the people, like there is a lot of gaffa. There's been like um, initiatives against that recently mm. in different parts of Germany because 
Um, apparently it's led to a lot of problems where people were just like looking at the accidents too much and causing traffic because yeah. of that. So, yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, that was generally the experience of getting your driver's license but, in Ohio. So then you had your driver's license taken away? Uh, or wait, I, you were I had, 17 and a half. So, th- so then I had was, to go to court. Was that after your one year thing already? Because you said you were 17 and a yeah, half. Yeah, I believe I was 17 and a half. Okay. So my one year was already up. So I don't think my license was taken away from me, but I did have to attend uh, like a retraining. Okay. So like a court ordered um, driving school or driving class. It was in one evening class Okay. Um, where they brought in like a police officer to tell you about. And I felt so horrible because like I'm a good driver <laughs> and... It was this one minute, one moment where I looked away yeah. and like I was in this class with people who were racing on the highway right. and like causing all of these issues. So they yeah. were, they had police and they're yelling at, not yelling at us, but yeah. warning us of the dangers. And I'm like, I know I wouldn't have done this. Like yeah. it just was, it was an accident. But yes, that was, that was my experience with it. And then once I went to the the class, it was over yeah. and I had to pay a fine, obviously for okay. um, assured, clear distance ahead is the infraction that I had. I didn't make okay. sure that there was enough Mindestabstand, yeah. which has become a very uh, normal uh, saying now in Germany, especially with, um, with COVID, COVID. <laughs> uh, with the car in front of me. Yeah. But yeah, how does it work in Germany? Um, or do you have, have any questions? Um, yeah, I do have follow-up questions. So how many hours do you have to drive with a driving instructor when you do the under 18 mm-hmm. thing? And how many hours with your parents? And how uh, many theory lessons do you have to take? So because you have to do some, right? I think. I think on all, all. See, now we're having to dig back into my memory. But I think so. The the affidavit hours are different, I believe, than the instructed hours. Mm-hmm. I think it's eight hours that you have to be in the car with an instructor, mm-hmm. which I think you normally do two hour periods. Yeah, that is true. I'm just looking it up at the same time. I'm checking what yes. you're saying. It says eight hours of driving time with uh, instruction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like the. Th- theory hours i'm not sure it could be different based off of what what driving school you go to um but the driving schools have to be accredited obviously and then so it says here um 24 hours of classroom or online instruction yeah so can people also just do it online possibly i don't know there was a driving school right up the road for me so i just went there interesting 24 hours is actually not that like little so no not that different uh, yeah i mean it was i think it was over a couple week period where okay. you would go in the evenings. Like um, every t- every day or something? Not I don't know if it was every day, but okay. it was pretty often, maybe three times a week, mm-hmm. twice twice or three times okay. a week. Um, and then how many hours of driving with your parents? I think it was 50. Okay. Did you already say that? I think did so, I just, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, and then when you're 18 and you get your oh, yeah. driver's license, it's a lot easier, right? I was going to say, if you don't have a reason to drive and don't want to pay for a driving school, because they are expensive as well. I say expensive compared to the German system. They're not expensive yeah. at all. I think it was like between three and $500 for the driving school. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you turn 18, you don't have to go to a driving school. You just have to be able to pass the tests. And so basically you can just go to the BMV or DMV, sign up for a test. And how, but how do you, so like basically if you still have you, to take a theory test. Okay. Yeah. You have to take the theory. You have to take that when you're getting your driver's permit, your permit anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so this is basically for people who already, who either moved from a different country and their driver's license doesn't get acknowledged or they learned how to drive on a farm or like, cause they have to learn how to drive somehow. Right. So like yeah. if they don't take any instruction, do people usually like learn it kind of illegally on their I don't, own property so, or? I mean, in my case, 
I know, I don't think I know anyone or maybe one person who waited until they were 18 to get their driver's license. I know someone because it was a German friend of ours who Mm -hmm. moved to the U.S. after she was already 18. She's the one I know. (laughs) Yeah. And she, um, she never got her driver's license in Germany because everything's also a little bit later Mm -hmm. in Germany. And then she just did it in the U.S. And I think all she had to pay was like the fee to, for the actual like physical driver's license, which I think was like something around $50 or something. It's not even that much. Yeah. Or less. Um, I don't know if you have to pay a fee for like the, to take the uh, theory test. No, No? I don't think so. I guess she only paid like really, very little amount to get her driver's license. Whereas in Germany, it's usually around like 2000 euros for everything that you have to do, Um, which, yeah, there's just a lot more rules there. Mm -hmm. And there might be, there's probably more rules in some other states in the US, but this is how it is in Ohio. And it's usually fairly easy. I mean, um, do you know how many people failed the practical tests like friends of yours or most people i, I know a couple who failed mm. the first time and i actually almost failed it the first time Wait, you said you got a hundred percent yes i did <laughs> but when i was first when we first got in the car me and the instructor i was backing out of the sp- space and a car came out of nowhere and she had to like say stop so then i, I braked quick enough so i didn't hit the car okay um but obviously that would have been failing. Yeah. Um, but she didn't take that off of my score huh. at all. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think I think the majority pass. Yeah. Some people I know need two or three times to pass, I okay. think. But th- the thing is, you just go to an easier testing facility. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that from people before. And like, I don't think I know a lot of Americans who failed or any. Yeah. But it's not like I talk to everyone about it. But it's a very least... high school topic, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't talk about it once you're even a senior in high school because everyone has a driver's license which is so nice that you're able to drive to school with your car or like your parents car or whatever that's (laughs) just such a cool thing like whenever i grew up like watching american Mm -hmm. even cartoons or other shows i always thought that was the coolest thing that like the students have a parking lot and they meet up in the parking lot and then head into school together (laughs) that is just not a thing like there is uh some people in germany who who can drive to school because either they repeated a class Mm -hmm. or back in the day we had um gymnasium went up until 13th class yeah. and actually they or 13th grade and they actually went back to that now in a mm-hmm. lot of parts of germany so then you turn 18 usually in 12th grade and then you have one more year where you're yeah. technically able to drive to school but still not a lot of people have to do it because there's public transportation not everyone gets a car right mm-hmm. away and then there's usually no student parking lots that's yeah. just not a thing you have to like street park usually and like that was a thing too for us in high school is you could apply or buy a, a parking spot mm-hmm. at the parking lot mm-hmm. And like the seniors got priority over the juniors. So the seniors got the better parking spots oftentimes. Okay. <laughs> like I remember the juniors had to park way far away and had to walk. I say way far away. American standards way far away. Yeah. They had to walk a few steps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the seniors got to park closer and got priority parking. That's so cool. Yeah. But yeah, in Germany, hold on, I'm taking one sip yes. of water. Things are very different. Um Again, my experience is in a big city like Munich where it's already really difficult to drive here. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, as laid back as in uh, suburbia in the U.S. or honestly, even compared to Cincinnati, Cincinnati is still pretty chill to drive in, yeah. um, even though it's a city. So overall, there's just a lot of things that you have to keep in mind when getting your driver's license in Germany. Overall, it's a nationwide German driver's license that you're getting. Um, So it's not connected to like where you live. um, And you do have to visit a 
driver's ed school, uh, Fahrschule, in any case, uh, doesn't matter how old you are. Um, the normal age to get a driver's license in Germany is 18. So like that's when you can get your actual full driver's license. So it's two years later than in most states of the mm -hmm. US at least. But uh, a few years ago, it was like a few years before I got mine, they allowed you to actually make your driver's license or get your driver's license at the age of 17 and then drive with your parents for one year. Mm. But this is already after you pass everything. So this isn't to replace the driver's instruction. This is after you already passed everything and paid all your money to get your driver's license, you're allowed to drive with your parents for another year until you're actually allowed to drive by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm pretty sure that it was the case that you had to register the person or the people that were allowed to okay. drive with you. So I don't think that I was allowed to just drive with anyone who was above 25. Mm -hmm. um, and basically the way it looked, it was like you, instead of getting an actual driver's license, you get this pink piece of paper. <laughs> so like the old um, driver's license. What? Like the old driver's license. Uh, kind of, it was like a little bit bigger. I think it was like even like a, a letter size oh, wow. thing okay. almost or half letter. I don't know. It was like a big thing, pink and wasn't like, it was cool enough at the time. Yeah. But it, the cool thing was when you got your actual card driver's yeah. license at the age of 18. Um, so I think for that, you're allowed to sign up at 16 and a half to then get your driver's license at the age of 17, the earliest. Okay. Overall, though, you're going to have to go to a lot of theory lessons at the driver's school. You're going to have to do a lot of driving instruction. Mm -hmm. So there are um, 12 lessons like driving instruction lessons that are mandatory, that are like special instruction, like driving on country roads, driving at night, driving on the Autobahn that you have to check off. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, you basically just do your normal driving instruction, which is, I think, about 30 hours usually altogether for most people. It kind of like ob obviously depends on how talented you are or like if you have practice with your parents before yeah. or something like that. Um, but 30 hours is like the average and that costs you a lot of money. And then the theory lessons cost you a lot of money and the tests also cost you a lot of money. Um, so overall, 2,000 euros to get your Jeez. driver's license is like the average. It's so expensive price. compared to the US. Yeah, um, but you also learn a lot because first of all, it is common in Germany to learn on a manual car. Mm -hmm. So it is possible to learn on an automatic car, but most people don't do that. And if you do that, then your driver's license only allows you to drive automatic cars afterwards. Whereas in the US, you have one driver's license that you can then drive. And um, you usually learn on, a, on an automatic, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Which makes it a lot easier. In Germany, the first thing is you have to learn how to um, do your gears, shifting. Your, your shifting. Um, so that takes you a few lessons yeah. in the beginning to do that. And then, as I said, learning in Munich can be really stressful, especially if you take your driver's instruction lessons after school in the afternoon when there's like rush hour. And then that's where you learn. You learn in these so busy stressful. Yeah. And then you kill your car and everyone's impatiently oh, honking no. at you. And Do you say kill your car? Are, yeah. Uh, Interesting. What do you, no, no, I mean, is that, what, what do you say in German? No, uh, you don't actually say that. I just oh, said okay. that. Uh, stripped up. That's what you say, though. Like, oh, okay. It's no, not I mean, like you kill it, but the it, car dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would say stall out. Yeah. I actually mm. knew that, but yeah. I don't use that a lot because not a lot of people drive manuals yeah. in the U.S. Except for you. <laughs> only, <with> you. <laughs> only me. Um, yeah. So it's a whole stressful thing. But overall, I would argue... And I think most people would agree with me that if you get your driver's license in Germany, you're usually a better trained driver yeah. than most drivers in the U.S. At least if like right after their driver's test, yeah. um, Germans will be better drivers usually because it's a lot more difficult to pass 
all these hours and then actually pass the test because I know a lot of people in Germany again might be a Munich specific thing or big city specific thing but a lot of my friends didn't pass the first time mm. I don't know how much that might also be a strategic thing for the institution the TÜV to make more money yeah because I mean you have to pay another I want to say 250 euros back in the day oh, I don't wow. know how much okay. it is now for each test that you retake mm-hmm please don't hold me, hold me accountable on the numbers. This might, might be like not the price anymore, but it yeah. was something in that area. And um, they're just really strict. Like um, every little mistake um, gets you like failed. I know mm-hmm. people who just like backed out of a spot like you did and they didn't look back. They only looked in the back mirror and the rear view mirror mm-hmm. didn't pass or like, you know, wow. just tiny mistakes where you forget to do one little look um, or you don't do the look over the shoulder, things yeah. like that. Um, I was lucky I passed the first time, mm-hmm. but I feel like I'm a, all my other friends that didn't pass the first time were better drivers than me. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's really difficult to pass. Yeah. You also have to pass a vision test, which I know you have to mm-hmm. do for the U S as well. Yes. But I think in, in, in Germany, it's not at the, uh, okay. Thing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Cause it, pass a vision test for us is just go, they have a little machine set up right next yeah. to the person and you look into it and that's yeah. it. In Germany, I honestly don't fully remember because it's I'm old now. It's been a while, but I think it was together with your uh, first aid course, which is also a thing you have to. It's mandatory to take a first aid mm, class mm-hmm. course, yeah. Um, in order to get your driver's license, which I feel like is makes a lot of sense, so yeah. that at least everyone who has a driver's license and is out on the streets knows the basics of first aid. And I think together with that, most places where you could do take those classes they also offered the vision tests uh, okay. which is i think was like a whole thing like you do it at the eye doctor where like you have to read mm-hmm. things yeah, yeah. on the wall um whereas like in the u.s it's mostly you look in this thing and then you have to read a line and yeah. that was pretty much it is there anything else in no, the I u.s you don't it. have to, at least know how you don't have to have a first first aid cl- uh class to yeah. be able to pass yeah let me see if i forgot something but i think that's it but basically overall you just have to take a lot of hours of driving instruction and for most people that takes them a few months like the theory stuff too um i also know a lot of people who failed the theory test which is also a thing that you you get an appointment and then you have Mm -hmm. to go to a testing facility on a saturday or something like that and you you take the test so it's also not at the behörde um, Uh, okay at the public office yeah um so that's separate and some people fail that as well. Because I know in the US you said you take that before you get your learner's permit and you just kind of yeah. prepare for it, I guess, online. Yeah, you previously. can you can go in and get a booklet and now it's all online yeah. probably and you just go to a little it's it's a little um machine and then it's just a multiple choice question yeah i think it's multiple choice in germany as well and it's also on computers but i think it's just much more complicated because Mm -hmm. people study for it a while and you take all of your theory lessons before you take that test Uh, okay um and then that test includes all these tricky questions where it's like um intersection situations like drawn up Mm -hmm. pictures okay what happens now that's how it is in the u.s too i mean i we talk down the education of uh drivers in the u.s but you get the same training and same information like we had to learn all of the signs um country road driving it It would be a lot easier because most people pass the theory test when they get their learner's permit without like getting any formal instruction previously so i'm just assuming maybe it's just because a lot yeah. of the signs are a lot more explanatory self-explanatory exactly. in the u.s <laughs> no and they definitely are because there are still signs in germany that i don't understand yeah like 
I should know them. <laughs> yeah. I also think that in the theory tests, they sometimes include these like tricky questions that yeah. lead you to pick the wrong answer, things like that. So again, I know a lot of people who failed the theory test, yeah. <laughs> even though they took all the all the theory lessons previously. There were um, two questions I had for you, though. Yeah. Or not, not were questions. One was a comment mm-hmm. just to say that people who grew up in the country were probably definitely... Ad- more at an advantage if they grew up on on, like on on land and like driving tractors and whatnot especially when it comes to having to learn how to drive stick yeah or manual yeah but in the in the cars that you guys would drive for um driving schools did the instructors have a a brake pedal yes yeah they They had everything i think they they had everything they even no they didn't have a steering wheel i don't think oh now i don't want to say anything wrong because i know Um, in the u i think in in my uh in the car that I was used for my driving instruction, they only had a brake pedal. No, they have every th- at least like a gas also and a um. It's called a clutch. You said no, yeah. Was it called? Kupplung. Kupplung. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they do ha- not have a steering wheel, but they have all the pedals. Ah, okay. Because mm-hmm. it it makes sense for them to also have, um, the accelerator. Because if they're if you're getting onto a highway and you need yeah. to speed up, they'll definitely take over. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, interesting. Um. And also, of course, uh, we just talked about the rural areas. If you also get your driver's license in a more rural area, it's probably going to be a lot easier than in the city. But definitely parallel parking is always part of it. I think in a lot of cases going on the Autobahn might Mm -hmm. be part Mm -hmm. of it. Like they they make it like tough in a lot of cases. They get you in kind of difficult situations to see how you're reacting. Um, So I feel like when someone passes the German driver's test, you can at least be reassured that they're good drivers, decent drivers. Whereas in the US, I'm not always as sure. (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm not trying to bash the driver's licenses. I just like, I know for a lot of people that took the driver's test in the US that it was just a lot easier. It it was very, in in hindsight, it was very easy. So let's move on from that. I feel like I made it a little bit too complicated to explain the German driver's license. Um, What else did we want to talk about the Autobahn? I was going to say, I think we've been talking for a lot. So I think the last topic that we'll cover at this point is the Autobahn. Let's do, also let's do pet peeves or something like that. Oh, like personal opinion in the end to wrap it up. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Autobahn, let's, let's make it quick. What do you have to know? about the German Autobahn. I'm going to yes. pass it on to you. I, I really feel like you don't need to know too much mm-hmm. as an American. It's, Just a few it's, basic rules, I think. I think there's one main rule that you yeah. need to know, and that is stay to the right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do, stay to the right. Yeah. Um, unless you're passing someone, stay far to the right. Even if it's three lanes, stay to the right. It, you can drive in the middle lane, but I mean, the middle lane is gonna is supposed to drive faster than the far right exactly. lane, and the left lane is supposed to be left clear only for passing. Yeah. Um, you'll find people who are driving ridiculously fast in that lane, and they stay in that lane. Um, but unless you're going to be driving, I don't know, like 200 uh, kilometers an hour, you should probably get over every time that you have a chance. Yeah, that's basically how it works. Like every time you can pass people, of course, but then get over to the right again whenever you have the chance. Mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, German autobahns, like highways, obviously autobahn is just the term for German interstate. There isn't one autobahn. Autobahn are... Autobahnen are all over the uh, country like it's just the German interstate system and they have blue signs so whenever you see the blue signs with the road on it Mm -hmm. that means Autobahn Um, and on the Autobahn also there will only be blue signs except Mm -hmm. for the speed limit signs so that's also how you can tell if you're still on an Autobahn if you're not sure Um, and there's like a sign that shows you it's like two lanes 
I don't know. Maybe you can put it in the video. I, <laughs> um, what, what are you talking about? There, there's, there, there's a sign mm-hmm. that shows that it's an autobahn. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah, that's what I meant with the, the blue sign with the street on it. That's ah, what with I, the yeah. street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sorry. I, that's what I was referring yeah, to. Basically. No, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'll put it on in the video for sure. Um, I think one other thing that's important to know is that when you get onto the Autobahn, we talked about it previously, mm-hmm. the merging lanes are significantly shorter than in most parts of the U.S. And what you learn in driver's ed is that you... Um, give full speed as soon as you get on the merging lane. Mm -hmm. So like as soon as you're out of that curve, as soon as it gets straight, fully uh, push your gas pedal until you're up to speed with the rest of the traffic Mm -hmm. and then obviously merge over, but make sure that you do it quickly because your merging lane is going to be much shorter than in a lot of parts of the US. Um, And especially if the Autobahn is pretty busy, that can be sometimes Mm -hmm. tricky. And that's another thing that you might be familiar with from the US, but I feel like it's a little bit more obvious in Germany is that on most days of the week, the right lane might be pretty packed with trucks that are, yeah. that can't go very fast. So the right lane in a lot of cases is just the truck lane kind of. They're going like eight, maybe 80 kilometers well, per and hour. That's one thing that's different is there in, the, in Germany the, and I think in other European countries as well, certain vehicles have limits to how fast they're allowed mm-hmm, to drive. Mm-hmm. So they have to stay to the far right. Like yeah. You'll see it on the back yeah. how fast they're allowed to drive. Yeah. Whereas passenger vehicles might be allowed to go faster. Right. Yeah. So um, and then also a lot of autobahnen don't have a lot of lanes. So having a three lane autobahn is actually can be luxury because sometimes there's only two lanes, which is really annoying. (laughs) Three lanes is pretty good. And if you get four lanes or anything above that jackpot, that doesn't happen a lot in Germany because we just don't have that space usually. Um, So that's a whole, I think, different situation compared to the U.S. where a Mm -hmm. lot of interstates have so many lanes especially yeah. out west and like bitter, bigger states like california yeah where like they have all these lanes um and then whenever there's no speed limit as josh said people go crazy fast and you have to be careful for that because even if you it can be it can get stressful basically because mm-hmm. let's say there's three lanes the right lane might be full of trucks so that's not the speed that you want to go you might want to go 130 which is the recommended speed and you try to like stay in the middle lane but the people are going a little bit slower maybe than yeah. what you want to go so you keep passing people you so you have to keep going to the very left lane speed up kind of quickly yeah. so that the whole passing process also happens a little bit faster than mm-hmm. in the US you have to make sure that as soon as you get in the left lane speed up pass that person and get, get back, back in the right lane and it can happen a lot that while you're in the left lane, a person, usually a Mercedes or Audi a pro or BMW sometimes, approaches really fast yeah. from behind and you see them in the rearview mirror and suddenly they're behind you yeah. and they basically wait for you. They pressure you to get out of the way. And they get right on your ass. Exactly. Too. And they, it feels weird. It feels dangerous, which I, honestly it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good driving behavior on their end, no, but they, not it at happens all. a lot. And sometimes they'll even do a... The yeah, where they'll flash their brights at you to when they're really, really frustrated with you yeah. to get over. It's which is such assholes. a bad habit. Yeah, they're they're assholes. Ass- yeah, one hundred percent. But it's stressful, so yeah. you ha- yeah just have to be aware of that. Yeah, there's a lot of speeding up really fast and then slowing down really fast because then once you've sped up on the left lane, sped up. No, yeah. is that? Oh, uh-huh. really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got so excited. <laughs> I got it right. So once you've sped up on the left lane and you get back over to the the right lane or the middle lane um you're obviously going to probably have to slow down yeah. again so then put go back on the brakes and it's uh, funny almost, you know i very rarely use my um what's it called tempo mat mm-hmm. uh cruise control thank you <laughs> <laughs> i very rarely use my cu- cruise control here just because you're constantly changing speed exactly it's it's just not 
as relaxing of an of a driving experience on the autobahn in a lot yeah. of cases unless there is a speed limit but i think overall there's only 30% of the entire autobahn in germany has a speed limit yeah. when there is a speed limit it gets a lot more relaxed because everyone kind of has to go at a similar speed yeah. but when there's no speed limit you really have everything from 80 kilometers per hour to like over 200 yeah. kilometers per hour which makes it stressful and you have to really be awake and aware the whole time yeah yeah for sure one thing that i wanted to touch on with the autobahn as well and this also applies in other uh, other situations as well there's this thing in germany called the rettungsgasse mm -hmm. um, which we don't have in the u.s in mm -hmm. the u.s if there's an emergency then everyone is supposed to get to the right mm -hmm. whereas in germany you create like a lane in the middle yeah. of the road so if you are on a two-lane road and you're in the left lane, you're supposed to get further to the left. And if you're in the right lane, you get further to the right. And you'll see traffic start to do this, yeah. even if you just start to slow down. Um, and there seems yeah. to be a traffic jam. People just get to the extremities of the lane. Right. Um, if you're on a three-lane road, though, um, and people are starting, if, if there's an emergency vehicle, and just follow what traffic does. Um, but the left lane, the furthest left lane gets to the left, and then all of the other lanes to the right yeah get to the right. Yeah. So you're creating this lane for the emergency vehicles to get through. But we don't have that in the US. Yeah, that's that is a good point. Like I always forget about that because for me that's so like natural. Mm -hmm. But as you said, as soon as things start to slow down, people do that so that in case you it comes to a full stop, you have already moved. Because then mm -hmm. once you're in a full stop you can't really move anymore. Yeah. Um so yeah, and that's really important to do. And if you block that lane somehow, that's also a really high fine. Yeah. So you're not allowed to obviously use that to pass or get to your next exit mm -hmm. or anything like that. You have to stay yeah. on the side. Um another thing that might be interesting for people to know is that obviously Ausfahrt means exit and that's yes. a running <laughs> gag where people are always like, oh why is there so many towns in Germany called, called Ausfahrt? Ausfahrt. <laughs> that means exit. And uh, Usually when you're on the German Autobahn, you don't really have to get off the Autobahn into like a town or like take mm -hmm. an actual exit to get gas or to like use the restrooms. Yeah. Usually they have like Autobahn rest stops that also have their own exit, but you don't really like go on an actual road. You just go into this rest area yeah. that in a lot of cases is pretty modern and mm -hmm. big and has a lot of um, food choices and really clean restrooms that you are going to have to pay for. Yeah. So keep some coins on you because mm -hmm. it's usually... But you can like also pay with a card as well, actually. Oh, good. I didn't know that, yeah. actually. <laughs> I just was able to use Apple Pay to um, oh, nice. go to the bathroom. That, they may have nice. changed that or maybe me as a German, I just never even thought about that. Yeah. But usually, like, growing up, you would always have, oh, your, sure. have your change on you and put your 70 cents in and then you get 50 cents back in form of a coupon. <laughs> but um, that is a, obviously a foreign idea to a lot of people yeah. that you have to pay for restrooms, which is kind of a thing in general in Germany, but especially on those Autobahn rest mm -hmm. stops, there will be actual turnstiles, yeah. so you can't even get into it without paying, but they're extremely clean and nice. So that's usually... Usually. Usually. <laughs> Did you have, make a different they're, experience? They're, they're normally really nice. Yeah. Normally, they're pretty darn clean. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, compared to American ones, they're very clean. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but sometimes I'm like, I'm paying for this, and there's paper towels everywhere. Oh, like, really? Okay. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but generally, they're very yeah. clean. Generally, but the, I've just become the a snob. idea behind it is that you pay for it and yes. then also get a really clean restroom. One other thing that I wanted to mention about just driving in general, and maybe this is something that Americans know, but I didn't know this before I drove in Germany. And I, I use it now when I'm driving in the US, and I think it's really helpful. But I think because on the Autobahn, you do reach such high speeds mm -hmm. and then sometimes have to brake really mm -hmm. quickly. I know what you're getting at. Um, <laughs> 
people will turn on their hazard lights when the, when traffic stops suddenly in front yeah. of them. Like that's their initial reaction is brake and then also hit the the hazards right. um, just to alert people behind them that traffic is coming to a stop very quickly. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen much of that in the U.S., mm-hmm. but that's something that you see a lot here. Yeah. Um, and it's also important to do so that people behind you know that they need to stop soon. Yeah. But always try to keep as much distance. Obviously. The proper yeah. Distance keep your so Sicherheitsabstand. You can... Exactly. But that is definitely a thing. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever done that in the U.S. I, if anything, like I wouldn't have noticed that I was the only one. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've definitely done that plenty of times in my life, but I can't remember which country mm-hmm. I did it in last. It's possible that I've, I've seen it in the U.S. Yeah. But I, I don't feel like it it's a big thing in the U.S. Yeah, it makes sense because you're just not going as fast anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Germany, like, you just want to make sure that nobody's rear-ending you with 200 kilometers per hour because they didn't see it coming. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's important to do that as well. Yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything about the Autobahn. If you mm-hmm. have any other questions about driving on the Autobahn, let us know in the comments below. Overall, like as, as, at least if you're on YouTube, if you're not um, watching on YouTube right now, head over to YouTube and leave a comment. I feel like overall, it's not necessarily the best idea to come to Germany just to drive on the Autobahn. No. And if you do that, please make sure that you're safe. Um, and, you know, even if you do go fast in the left lane, make sure that you keep in mind that people could always pull out from the other lane to pass someone and yeah. you have to be the one to slow down. Because I know there is that that driving tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly. And that is, you know, not something that I would necessarily encourage. Um, let's wrap it up with our own experiences. I know people are going to ask this. So I'm going to ask, where do you prefer to drive? Germany or the US or another country now that you've driven through other countries in Europe too? I would say I prefer to drive in Germany mm-hmm. as opposed to the US and I think other European countries as well. I mean, I like that there's not the speed limit when you're on the highways. That's why I would say Germany over Austria. But Austria, is, it's a little more relaxed then because you don't have to deal with the craziness. Yeah. Um, but one thing that, or what I like about driving in Germany is people follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very clear what the rules are and people just stick to them. Yeah. Um, I think the main other reason why I prefer, if we get off of the highway, why I prefer driving in Germany as opposed to the U.S. is you're not constantly stop, go, stop, mm-hmm. go, stop, go with all of the stop, um, with stop all signs. of the stop signs. Yeah. <laughs> that's extremely frustrating yeah. and gets very, very old in the U.S. So that's why I would say that I would prefer driving in Germany as opposed to the U.S. Yeah. What about you? I it's, It really depends because I obviously grew up here and I used to have more of the, the German driving impatience. Mm-hmm. And when I first drove in the U.S., like sometimes it drove me crazy how or not even when I was driving, even when I was in the passenger seat, it just sometimes drove me crazy how slow people were and how they didn't get on in, onto the road, even yeah. though there was space there for them to get on. And, you know, everything's just like so slow sometimes. But now yeah. I really appreciate that, actually. Um Every time I'm back in Germany now and I, I drive here, I do adapt again and I get mm-hmm. a little bit more aggressive and impatient, but I don't enjoy that as much. Like it makes me more stressed too, that everyone's like that and that I get like that, that I get annoyed at other drivers. Yeah. So I actually prefer driving in the US for that reason that I find it much more relaxed. People are just more chill, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure they have to get places too. And it can get stressful in some situations too. But just overall, when it's not necessary to stress, people don't stress as much. <laughs> I feel like people give each other more distance too, more yeah. space. Um, they don't get as close at the at the stoplights, which obviously also all has to do with how much more space there is. 
But overall, I just I like that a lot more because it makes me feel less stressed when I'm on the mm-hmm. road, and it kind of like rubs off on me. Like okay, yeah. everything's good, laid back. Um, at the same time, there's definitely a lot more bad drivers on. You American haven't gotten roads. flipped off by flipped off by a driver in the I U.S. Then <laughs> think I have, but I don't oh, yeah? care. Like I'm yeah. not really like whatever if they yeah. want to. You know, <laughs> I don't care about that here in Germany either. It's more like. Like, I don't really have road rage like that, but yeah. if everything's stressful, then I'm stressed and then I'm more tense yeah. and then I just, I'm not having a great time then. <laughs> not as good of a time yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, so I, I would probably say the US for that reason. But then again, if you do long distances and I mean, want to get there faster, I can't <laughs> deny that it's definitely nice to have the no speed limit thing for in sure. Germany. Even though overall, I'm one of those people that's pro speed limit in Germany. I think it's insane that we still have no speed limits on the autobahn i think it's we're the only one of the only countries i think the only like big country that has that on the interstates and i think there's a reason why most other countries don't have no speed limits so um you know in that whole debate which is a whole thing in germany um you know two sides with very opposing opinions i am on the pro speed limit side it's also better for the environment it's better for the environment it's safer you know it's just less craziness um but at, I, at the same time, I can't deny that it's sometimes nice, especially when there's not a lot of traffic, yeah. which I've had that before going on like a long trip. And then you go through like Eastern Germany where there's really not a whole lot of traffic on the Autobahn. Yeah. And then it, it is nice. Can't deny that. <laughs> but overall, US, I think. Um, are there any other comments like personal experiences, things that you hate about driving in Germany or love about driving in the US? <sighs> I don't, I don't think so. I really, I I enjoy driving in general. So I enjoy driving in the U S and I enjoy driving in Germany. It's really just a pleasant experience. I don't know. There's something I like road trips too. Um, Oh, I do too. One thing, it's not a personal experience, but one thing I wanted to mention as well, um, is that Germans really followed like the zipper method. Yeah, I was going to mention that. That was um, my pet peeve about the U.S. <laughs> uh, okay, then that's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Um, yeah. The zipper method, meaning when you're merging, people using all of the merge lane until the end. This is different when you're getting on a highway, like when you have to speed yeah. up to yeah. get onto the highway. That, that's, yeah, that's different. different. That's not the zipper, but like when there is an obstacle, like exactly. a construction or uh, accident or something When a lane like is that. reducing down from, like, let's say, three, or when a road is reducing down from three lanes to two lanes. Right. Use all of the third lane and then get over. Yeah, you at like the last until possible. you go until the obstacle. Yeah, and then they will let you. Like Americans always worry, or oh, nobody's gonna let me in. But no, in Germany, you you're supposed to go till the obstacle in order to use all the space there is and yeah. not waste the space. And then you're gonna get over as soon as you're at that obstacle. And the way it works is that like one car from the going lane and one car from the stopping lane like yep. merge into each other in the zipper. Um, method, as you said, and I've complained about this several times on my Instagram page because it pisses me off so much <laughs> in the U.S. that people do not do this. And I've been told that apparently in some states they, they're trying to establish it more. They're trying to mm-hmm. teach it at the driver's uh, schools and they're trying to put up signs. That's yeah. something someone told me in New Jersey. They started to put up, <laughs> Yeah, they started to put up signs to like explain how they're supposed to do it. But at least in Ohio, in that whole Cincinnati area, and I think most parts of the U.S., people usually, as soon as there's an obstacle, they get over to the other lanes or lane as soon as they see that there's an obstacle, meaning that the lane that is about to stop is empty for, like, hundreds of meters sometimes, yeah. like a whole block or something like that, where that lane just isn't used. Therefore, the traffic on the 
other lanes that keep going backs up even more, which is just so unnecessary and pisses me off so much. But every time I've uh, mentioned it on my Instagram, Americans always tell me, oh, it's because nobody's going to let you over mm. when you keep going and people find it rude if you that's don't. What I, that's what I was going to say yeah. is the American perspective on that is well, wait your turn. Like it's your fault for not getting over. And then they see people going up to the front because it looks like they're trying to cut line. Yeah. Yeah. Which I understand, but I, even though I know that I still do that because I think it's too stupid for me. (laughs) Like I can't (laughs) get behind that. Like I am, I will be that one car that if nobody's using that empty lane, I will. And honestly, at least in Ohio, I've never had trouble being let in after I did that. So at least I can't confirm that it's hard to get in then. But Especially when I had more of an American mentality to driving, I would not let people in because I was frustrated with them. Okay, (laughs) But that's just me. I'm I'm a completely different person when I'm behind the wheel. I can be a little vindictive. (laughs) But now you've like adjusted to the zipper thing. Would you do it in the U.S. too now or would you still stick to... I would probably stick to the American method. Yeah. No, just for me... That's just a waste of space. Yeah. And it's proven that the zipper thing is just faster. Yeah. And, you know, like it pisses me off, too, that whenever it's, for example, this happened a lot um, in the university area where there just isn't a whole lot of space. Mm-hmm. And pe- there's a lot of buildings and a lot of places that pe- like, you know, gas stations, restaurants yeah. where people need to get to. And it pisses me off that pe- because people are so dumb to drive, <laughs> they're backing it up so much more along yeah. uh, along several blocks so that then people can't get to their destinations that might be before that obstacle ever yeah. comes up. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yep. Like they're blocking people from taking turns into their streets or their driveways or something, even though they might be able to get there if people just use that, yeah. that other lane. Anyways, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, one other fun fact that I wanted to mention is that every time I come back from Germany to the U.S., uh, I park so differently because everything is just so much bigger in the U.S. Yeah. Streets are so much wider and parking spots are so much bigger. Also, cars are bigger, obviously, yeah. too, which that all lines up with each other. But parking spots in Germany, especially Munich, can be really tiny. They're very small. And in a lot of cases, especially in parking garages, you have to squeeze yourself out of it. Even if you're in the lanes, mm-hmm. everyone's perfectly in their lane. You're still going to have to squeeze out because that's just how they're designed. Yeah. And then I come back to the U.S. and I go onto one of those like normal parking lots in like at Kroger or Walmart. Right next to the car. Yeah. And I par- not next to the car, but like I go to the front of like the parking spot, mm-hmm. like to the front lane. And then I can't even see my car anymore. It's not even sticking <laughs> out anymore among all these other cars because I'm yeah. just so used to going all the way to the front. Even though I don't even have that small of a car. But in the U.S., you can really just park in the middle of the parking spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like sure. You can get comfortable. You can get right <laughs> in that center. Um, so that's just something I notice every single time. It's interesting. That I just I forget, I guess. Like every mm-hmm. time I come back to the U.S., go all the way to the front. And then I'm like where's my car? (laughs) I can't find it anywhere. And then in Germany, every time I'm like, damn, like, even though I, even though I went all the way to the front, I'm still kind of like sticking out in the back. It's crazy. It's a big difference. So I think that was my last comment on driving. I'm sure there's a lot of things that we didn't mention or also maybe things that we got a little bit wrong. In that case, please feel free to add to what we said or uh, correct us in the comments on YouTube. And of course, there's other ways you can reach us. You can follow us on Instagram at Understanding Train Station and message us there. You can um, email us at understandingtrainstation at gmail.com. And you can support us um, financially, monetarily on Patreon dot com slash understanding train station or leave us a tip on buymeacoffee.com slash 
UTS podcast. That one has a slightly different URL. Of course, everything's linked down below, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all the links are down below. Um, and also, of course, make sure to follow us, subscribe to our channel, leave a review, all those things that <laughs> all you can of do. That stuff. <laughs> all, that, all those fancy things. Tell that... the world how great we are. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the world how structured our episodes are. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but yeah, thanks uh, for hanging in there with us, guys. This was probably another long episode as you're used yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think this is a fun topic and both of us had a lot to say on yeah, it. Yeah, there so is so much to say. There... We could definitely continue to talk about it. Yeah, um, maybe we will. If you go on your next trip, if you're ever driving through the EU, EU again, maybe you can talk a little bit more about what drive in the other countries yeah, is like because we didn't really get to that today but thanks for listening guys we appreciate you um thanks for commenting hitting the thumbs up button subscribing all those things and we will be back with another hopefully in-person episode in two weeks on thursday see you then cheers